CPCs are going up on paid media. The space is busy on Facebook. SEO is busy, busy with everyone competing for that first page. So fight to win the traffic you do get. That's key. Hello, e-commerce professional. This is the e-commerce best practice podcast. My name is Isaiah. And my name is Aaron. We take you on a trip through the world of online sales. And we will show you the best sales promotional ideas. The most creative innovations for your customer journey. And the smartest life hacks for your e-commerce business. Welcome, Neil, today to our podcast episode. And we're very happy today to have you here in our show. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. No worries. Hi. Uh, welcome and thank you for having me. And um, My name is Neil Rogers. I'm the founder and CEO of Digital NRG, uh, now known as DNRG. Uh, we're based out of Bristol in the United Kingdom, um, and we service um, a wide range of clients from SMBs through to multinational um, organizations, mostly in the UK uh, and some further afield. Um, and we classify ourselves as a fully integrated um, outsourced digital partner where we cover everything from websites to, to search engine optimization, paid media, shopping, design, email, and beyond. Wonderful. Thank you very much for being our guest. You have a lot of experience. So can you tell us what's new in the e-commerce business? What should brands and also shops focus on? Sure, there is. Yeah, great question. Uh, I think my answer today will be very different to perhaps what it was 18 months ago. I think what we've seen in the last 18 months is expectations from the consumer. Uh, and it's all about UX. We talked about mobile first, which is a very boring topic as far as we're concerned now. We're, we're way past that. It's about the user experience and making sure that when someone visits a site, you want them to then leave that website having interacted, purchased, called or sent a message without them leaving. And why would they be able to do that? They'd leave because all the questions have been answered. So I think it's making sure that every question they have, what they're looking to purchase or engage with, that you give every single answer as if you're in a showroom of a business and everything is there. Um, obviously online, you don't have the shop assistant there to assist you. Therefore, you need to give the information, the videos, the imagery, the unique selling points of the products and services. Um, and I think if you can give that user experience, you'll see uh, better conversion rates. I like the word showroom because that's actually a, a pretty good description. It's like if I go into an online shop and I'm on the product detail page, I'm in the showroom for this product of the brand. So that's where all the information should be given. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for us, uh, if we're going to work with a new e-commerce retailer, the first thing you're going to look at is the conversion rate. You're going to look at the time spent on the site, the number of pages visited, and you can immediately see those that have got a good showroom versus those that haven't. And you're right. It's four or five images, a video, interactive information, additional assets. You're engaging a consumer. The time spent on the site is, is longer. The conversion rates go up. Um, and I think COVID has accelerated that. We need to make everything more interactive. That's actually what we see in, in our everyday work as well. Two questions that I would have um, is if the customer spends more time on the site, does that alone have any positive effects or how does that, um, for example, work on the, on the SEO? Absolutely. I think the, the one correlation I can give using data mm -hmm. is that when users are staying on the sites for longer, when you then run the remarketing campaigns, they're far more effective 
Why? Because when you've spent 60 seconds on a page looking at the videos, the rich content, when you then see that product on a Facebook ad or across the Google Display Network, it's more recognizable because they've spent longer consuming the information. Therefore, you'll see a better conversion rate. One thing we've noticed is the correlation between rich media on a web page and the conversion rates, certainly with products that have a slightly longer buying cycle. So inside analytics, you have a time lag. If it's a washing machine, it's a day. It's a, a distressed purchase. If you're going to spend maybe £3,000 or euros on a range cooker, you're going to spend 20, 30 days researching before you make that uh, that purchase. So when we see websites using rich media and additional assets, the recall and the recognition of that brand and that product in the remarketing campaigns on Facebook or GDN is far greater. So you see a better conversion rate over the longer time period um, kind of buying cycle of, of products. That's a good point. So, yeah, it's um, a positive one. So I think the competition, just in general, I think you see more and more retailers and e-commerce retailers seeing their competition with the video media, with the imagery. And everybody wants that because it's what we expect, right? You're no longer going to buy a piece of clothing or an appliance uh, or a pair of trainers unless you can see 360 view of the product and see it being used, see it in real life. Yeah, back to that showroom scenario. You need to make sure that the website is a showroom. Yeah, right. We have a lot of um, of brands and shops asking what is the effect of load B uh, when it comes to sale because we inject the brand's product content already laid out into the the retailers' shops and then sometimes they ask, yeah, is that improving my SEO ranking? And we know that our injections are CO neutral because we don't activate the robots.txt um, file and we have a no follow and no index yeah, on, on the server and in the injected content as well. So it's not SEO relevant. So it doesn't count as um, duplicate content, but we notice it has a positive effect on the um, dwelling time on the website because the customer finds more content on the uh, product detail page in the shop. It's a good effect for the shops and they can focus more on the search engines when they create their content. Yes, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And going back to the um, showroom analogy, Aaron, SEO, on-page, off-page SEO is about getting footfall into your shop. It's about getting eyeballs and website traffic. That is what Absolutely. SEO is all about. What we're talking about here with Load B and additional information on a page is about the showroom experience. And we all know that if there's a showroom with flashing media, video playing in apparel stores, the engagement's high, you want to stay there longer. You even see some furniture outlets now creating coffee shops inside their showrooms. Why? Because we sit there and we stay longer. It's the same for the website. We have to give an experience to then make people stay longer and enjoy what they're absorbing and looking at. So yeah, absolutely. SEO. Exactly. Um, absolutely. Another question for me while we're at the at this topic right now, bounce rate. So if I come into a shop, you know, I have my, my basic information. I have a picture, I have a short description. I have the technical detail. I don't really know why I should buy this product because there are, are not the informations. Is it fitting for me? And so on and so on. So this whole showroom is not given. So, um, Either I'm going to, you know, go back to Google, look for the product, look for the brand or whatever, look for more information. But am I actually going to go back to that shop? Am I going to uh, am I going to go somewhere whole different because, OK, now I'm at Google. Google shows me something else with the ads and stuff. I'm in another shop, another product, whole nother setting. So 
how do you see the relation between this showroom character in the shop and the bounce rate? Yeah, good question. I'm going to answer it with something that I've always referred to as the messy middle. So typically in, in digital marketing, you have a linear funnel. You want to purchase something and you go from, I need something, I want something. You go through a Google search. Typically, you get taken on a journey, maybe through a Facebook ad or YouTube. You get to the website and you decide yes or no. But as you're talking about this bounce rate and this user experience, the messy middle has a number of category heuristics, you know, the power of free, the next day delivery, the recommendation, what other people say, all of these other factors make up someone's mind whether they're going to stay and engage with a customer. And this is the messy middle. And they're making all these decisions really quickly. Can I get it tomorrow? Uh, what do other people say? Do other people endorse it? What are the review ratings? Are there some videos? Can I see it? Can I touch it without actually physically touching it? And if you can't answer those things, that messy middle means they spin back out they're back at the top of the funnel and they're searching again and they're probably not going to come back to your site. So yeah, it has a huge impact, right? Great. That's a good answer. What are trends uh, maybe in the direction of, okay, layouting or, or of design that you've seen, okay, in the, let's say last 18 months, how did, how did that change? It's changing. And I think it's changing the consumers and internet browsers are changing what they want. But for us, we're not seeing businesses of business owners able to satisfy what their users need and typically it comes down to imagery and videos let's take a, a typical smb whether it's a law firm or a plumbing and heating company they have a website uh, they're doing a bit of seo and some google advertising you know that, that's enough yeah. if you then start having conversations around right we need to do a photo shoot we need to create some videos about a recent installation well Man, this is too much for an SMB business owner. They haven't got the time and quite often they haven't got the budget. So yeah, it's definitely changed. I think people actually moving to, to less on the page where we need content for SEO, et cetera. It's become more of a visual transaction. Um, visual, I think, is very, very key. Um, and we see better conversion rates um, with, with better looking websites. Almost with less is more. And it's about using accordions and putting the, the rich content that you need for SEO hidden away but still obviously um, readable by Google. Thank you. That's really interesting. So so you also do a lot of campaigning, uh, like like paid social, pay-per-click marketing. Is there anything new that you would say people have to focus on? Yep, sure. We have launched it two weeks ago officially, but we've been running it for six months now. We are huge believers that even for the SMB, not necessarily e-commerce businesses, every business needs to embrace conversion rate optimization. We always talk about share of voice. We talk about a saturated market. The last 18 months has seen the marketplace get saturated because people have had time to improve their digital presence. There's more competition than ever before online. There's more websites. There's better looking websites. We've got people doing marketing. They've finally stopped doing traditional media like newspaper, radios, and directories. That's gone. So now we're fully saturated. What happens if we then have a recession? It's likely that the after effects of COVID is going to have an impact, right? You're then going to end up with a reduced volume of search. You're going to have more advertisers than ever, ever before. Therefore, a website has to compete and fight harder to convert maybe less traffic than they had maybe a year or 18 months ago. So getting better conversion rates is very, very important. I think as we go into the next 12, 18 months, that's going to be critical. CPCs are going up on paid media. The space is busy on Facebook. SEO is busy, busy with everyone competing for that first page. So fight to win the traffic you do get. That's key. So what are the key success factors? Yeah, you, you said it's important to have the CPC low. You can lower the CPC just by having a good concept. So what are the key success factors in this? With regards to paid media, Google AdWords and Bing in particular? Sure, but 
it's content, the good old fashioned quality score rule, you know, it's not just about what you bid. We can all be stupid with our money and bid aggressively. But if you mm-hmm. have well-structured campaigns with good content within your, your text ads, and then the landing page contains good content, you're now going to allow Google with smart campaigns to scrape your website for the right keywords based on what someone's searching for, which will then serve up your ads at possibly uh, lower CPCs than if you were running manual campaigns. So yeah, good content on your website helps with the search which could possibly then reduce your your CPCs. Yeah, it's probably also the target group, a very good targeting on the right people with the right focus. Sure. Again, back back to data. Um, you know, taking e-commerce and, and what load we do as well. If we know that this particular product group is doing particularly well with females 35 to 45 using an iOS phone based in the southeast of London, hey, sure, we're then going to target more of the budget and the campaigns in that part of the country to that audience. For sure. I think, again, it's about giving more fluid experiences. We're now at the stage where with the conversion rate optimization product that DNRG offer, we can actually tell if someone's coming back for a second time to a store, an e-commerce store, and we know that they're based in Bristol. We know they're female. We know what device they're on. We can now tailor that web page to say the leading superstore in Bristol. We will not be beaten by any other Bristol superstore. We can change the image and the colors to reflect the demographic and the age and the gender of the person visiting. So I think giving more dynamic experiences on a web page is going to increase again over the next couple of years. Oh, cool. Thanks. How much time do you spend on, on keeping up to date? How do you um, how do you learn and how do you keep up to date? <laughs> I think most people's answer, if they were honest with themselves, is Google. <laughs> <laughs> you just Google it. No, I think it's a great question. We um, are nearly 50 strong here at DNRG, and that's been the hardest thing the last 18 months, training, development, and growth, because I don't care what anyone says, remote working is the future, and it's where it's going to go, but you can't beat being in an office and using your ears and eyes to hear, learn, and grow from others. But to help support this, we've actually set up DNRG Academy. It goes live on the 1st of September in partnership with a, a university here in Bristol. And similar to some online learning with Google Analytics or Google AdWords, there's a, a series of reading material and some videos to watch. And then there's an exam on each of our eight core products. And each member of the team here will be taking those exams with an 80% pass rate required. Um, Yeah, and it's to encourage self-development and growth within. And then we try and allocate between 10 and 15% of each person's hours per calendar month to training and development to make sure they're on top of their game. That's a very good That's concept great. because I, I also noticed the things are changing so quickly and we, we always have developments, we have um, innovations. Shopping, again, is going to change. We've seen some beta trials with Google recently where we're going to move possibly possibly to interactive adverts on Google Shopping. So, you know, you have a shopping channel like QVC in the UK. I'm not sure what you guys may have in Germany. Um, but yeah, you see a product and there is a person talking to you and selling the features and the advantages, wow. the benefits of a product. The ability to now add imagery to Google adverts as well um, is coming. So again, this is a nod to, to what they'd be do. Right at the top of the funnel, Google are recognizing that people want to see video. They want to see imagery to then entice someone to click on an advert and go through to a web page. So for sure, rich content, rich media is, is everything. Do you think that after COVID, I mean, uh, hard to say after, but it's actually going to stop. But do you think <laughs> the trend is going to go back? I say, okay, we did all this online shopping, but now I actually want to go to the store again. I actually do want to touch it, you know, have maybe the salesperson tell me about it. Do you think it's going to move back? Personally, 
my, my personal view rather than the agency view, I think there are numerous products that we purchase that will continue as an e-commerce product. So if you started online shopping, grocery shopping, I think that will continue. If you need um, a replacement pair of gym shoes or gym clothes or just your favorite pair of jeans, that will continue. There are some things, though, that I believe that the human brain gets satisfaction out from buying. It's an experience, isn't it? So I think the sense of maybe a perfume or a three-piece suit or a dress for a special occasion, that's an experience that it will require visiting a, a physical store. For me, I think that's true. But yeah, I, I think the number of things I spoke to somebody who works for a big grocery retail store chain here in the UK, um, and they're still 9% down on their in-store revenues in the last three months which goes to show people already are not coming back for their weekly food shop. And how do you think will the, the brick and mortar business and the e-commerce business maybe meld together? I think you know, the heavy questions are coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have an expert here. We, we, we should benefit from it. I don't know, Aaron. I think every business type and industry sector will, will vary, right? Um, I think you start to see it already a little bit. It's about an experience. We always talk about life experiences. When we go on holiday, you don't just want to go and sit by the beach or sit by the pool. You want to go and experience something, whether it's rock climbing or jumping off a plane. It's all about immersing yourself in the culture or what you're in. And it's the same for retail. Omnichannel will continue, but it's about how you combine the bricks and mortar store to the online experience. They're going to stand in your showroom. They're going to see if they can buy it online cheaper. That's not going to change. But if you can change it and make it more of an experience, I think... Bricks and mortar retailers will need to continue evolving in, in that fashion, like the furniture store where you can have breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, they even set up for corporate entertainment around big dining room tables to enjoy what's going on. I think I think that's important. Um, so the type of shopping experience in stores, I think, will change. Of course. I think it's I'm quite fascinated when I go shopping. Um, I don't know if one's like me, but how few fewer stores do not gather appropriate data at point of sale in a physical bricks and mortar store you have a customer they're buying from you they're there for a reason they're happy to buy from you and give you their money how far can you take it without invading their privacy but if you understand their age their gender the month what product they purchased and you start to gather that data how do you make sure that they become part of your social network so that you can then engage them not sell to them but engage them with ongoing news and events and activity how can you make sure you remarket to them at that time of year when it's time for a new pair of football boots or a new pair of sunglasses or time for a haircut. I think getting that right is key for any bricks and mortar retailer. How you join the two up, for me, that's that will be the difference of who survives on the high street and who doesn't. Thank you. That's really interesting. Let's get back to content because you, you said that when you're doing social media ads or PPC marketing, it's about content. And often we notice we have very good content in the campaigns on social media, on the search engines or the networks, the display networks. And then when it comes to the shop page, all of a sudden there's very few content. It's a very poor shop site. Do you think that has an impact on the success of the sales process? In short, yes, absolutely. I really do. Um, I know we've spoken about this before um, without getting political or, or sharing too many political social views. For a world to be successful, we need an economy where it's fair for everybody at all levels, from the big multinationals right down to the mum and pop shop on the corner. Yeah, I think we need um, it needs to be a fair world. I, I really believe in that. Um, And you don't want to see half a dozen big organizations taking away all the profits and all the revenues from the populations. But the issue is for an effective website with good content, with good imagery, with video, etc., 
your average business cannot afford or haven't got the time, manpower to produce this. They don't. So I think what I find load B particularly interesting is we'll take the appliance group that we work with. Most of those organizations could not afford the time and infrastructure to put it together. Whereas what load B is doing is you're giving someone like us access to your platform. We can then push this rich media across 30, 40, 50, I think 55 websites. And now you've got you know, companies that have only two, three people employed having a website that's competing with much larger retailers like John Lewis, like Curry's here in the UK. And that's fair. Now we have a fair and balanced situation because the user experience that you're going to get from Curry's John Lewis or the local independent retailer is the same. And that's a good thing, I think. That makes for a sustainable economy where you're splitting the revenues across all those involved in that sector. I endorse that every day of the week. That, that's as it should be. Um, and without people like yourself, that wouldn't be possible. And therefore, it makes for a very unfair playing field for uh, the smaller business. So a very interesting point of view. And we learned that, especially for smaller retailers, it's very beneficial to use LoadB because LoadB is free for the retailer. And actually, when we talk about e-commerce we always talk about okay what's the trend and we we take it for for normal like we think everyone already implemented that in their shops but the smaller shops as you said they don't have the manpower but using load b they simply copy and paste our code into their shops and then they get the rich content of the brands and all of a sudden they can show their customers augmented reality content. They can show them cross-selling, upselling, like we have a cross-selling and upselling feature, which only shows the products of the brand and only the products that are available in the shop. Some brands also inject their customers' product reviews. So this is a value that comes to the shop and the shop can give a better service to their customers. And I think that that helps smaller retailers to compete with the bigger ones uh, because in the e-commerce business, every retailer, even the smallest has to compete with Amazon. Yes. And they wouldn't have a chance if they wouldn't use platforms like, for example, LoadP or other add-ins that optimize a lot of work they would have to do if they wouldn't use it. Absolutely, Aaron. But but then they have a fighting chance because whilst the ad budgets that Amazon have are far greater than a local SMB, the SMB still has the opportunity to compete against them for some hours of the day. If you compare that to a traditional bricks and mortar type business, you take the busiest, most expensive place in the UK, probably on Oxford Street, say in London, Amazon could rent three shopfront stores, no problems. SMB can't, that's not even an option for them. It's not even an option. Whereas at least in the digital world, you can compete at that level for some of the time, for some of the days, for some of the hours. So By then giving a good experience when they get to the website using Load B and the rich media, it's still remaining as a, an even playing field. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing that you're building to give to every business, big or small. Absolutely. And actually thinking about it, that's on the brand side of things. That's actually a lot of times a very big question because they say, okay, we got Amazon, we got our A+, the content is there, that's good. Our big retailers, you know, they mostly can manage the content we give them to make it look good, but is it accessible to the smaller ones? Can we help them? You know, can we give them a fair chance? And that's actually a very important point thinking about it because that's what the brands are trying to do too. Yeah, absolutely. What work more with the smaller independent retailers as well as the larger ones. Exactly. Absolutely, for sure. And that's the part of omni-channel, you know, bricks and mortar. Will it completely die off? No, not at all, because all of us as human beings, we still like to buy from people. People buy from people, the oldest saying in sales. And when you have questions, 
which there are always questions. You can't beat being face-to-face. But like COVID has shown in the last 18 months, you can't be face-to-face. But hey, Mr. And Mrs. Customer, visit this webpage, scroll down, watch the video, look at the pictures, read the reviews. Hey, you make up your mind and let me know. I'll still be here for you. Yeah. Exactly. How do you see um, augmented reality in this whole thing? Because you said, okay, if I'm not face-to-face, I'm, I'm in the online shop, I have the information, but I'm still not certain. And some of our manufacturers, they give augmented reality, say, okay, we can tell you about the technology, we can give you pics and text, we can give you banners, but try it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, I, th- I think it will work. Is it too soon? Is it too early? I don't know. It could be an argument. Um, think back to Google Glasses when they launched four or five years ago, and you're like, wow, this would be awesome didn't quite take off. I think as the generations start to move on, I think we're, in my opinion, probably five, 10 years from it becoming an expected user experience on a website, but you will naturally start to see some of the bigger players realize it, embrace it. Once one or two start using it and then users start seeing it more and more, it becomes an expectation. So I think for things like this to be adopted, it will take slightly longer, I believe, Mm -hmm. but for sure, it will be part of what we'll expect from an online experience over the coming years. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much um, what we see, too. As you said, you know, we got two or three in uh, different sections, you know, throwing it out there. And I think that might be the next big thing, because, I mean, you always can read about it. You can watch a video. But to really see it for yourself, like, for example, uh, Logitech working with us, they use it for their mouses. So they can tell you about the technology. They can give you a banner. They can give you a video. But then they say, okay, set the mouse next to your computer. Does it fit with your setting or uh, sunglasses, they do that a lot. Okay, selfie camera, how does it look on you? Or furniture, how does the couch fit in that corner or whatever? And I think that really might be the next thing to really, okay, you get all those information, but you also, you know, get to try the product without having it, you know, how to really get used to the product being there, feel comfortable seeing it in that area, or maybe think about a whole new area to set it. If you say, okay, uh, I was actually going to buy it and set it here, but it doesn't even fit here. That helped me to, you know, find a better space. Absolutely. I mean, I can speak from personal experience. I purchased a pair of um, glasses, reading glasses for myself online, mm-hmm. using augmented reality to see there if the go. style <laughs> worked. And it's great. I think it's about um, the adoption rates. How many people are willing to use these technologies as part of their shopping experience? Is it awesome? Will it work? Will it drive conversion rates and drive sales? Absolutely. Could it be detrimental to the high street? Of course it will be. But again, it's about gathering the data because if you know that he or she has used that software to check out some glasses or a a new top, how do you then get the information to make sure that you then drive them into the store itself to complete the journey and the experience? But yeah, education. It's all about education. How do you educate people how to use these pieces of equipment and this technology to make their life easier? The first reaction we find as an agency is you introduce new tech or new AI. And the first reaction from people is, sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll see how that goes. Let me know how you get on and come back to me. Because change, people don't like change. So yeah, yeah we need to educate people first on the benefits and then let them um, embrace the change. Talking about changes, has there been a change that really impressed you like in the last year, something that was really inspiring for you personally? That's a big question. <laughs> That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my belief in humankind actually in the human race i think last march and april we saw a lot of panic from food grocery buying and through to fear of how bad things were going to be and i think for five days we saw scared frightened panicked people not sure what to do 
in life and in business. And then people took stock and the solidarity of being in it together. And we had a phrase here at DNRG, in it together. Lots of people adopted that. And we all did what we could. Customers didn't cancel. They kept on doing some of their marketing. People would go out and create new businesses to buy food and deliver it to old people that couldn't get out. I was just amazed and fascinated by people's resolve and coming together to support each other as a human race to, to survive. And that's restored my faith in the human race, actually. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Wow, that's amazing. I, I wouldn't have expected an answer like this. I, I just thought you would say something about a change in e-commerce, but this is <laughs> what you said is amazing. <laughs> and I, I think this is a very good thought. And um, I think this is a, a perfect moment to just close this episode and to give uh, people this thought to think about it. Thank you very much for being our guest okay. here. We hope one day you will come back to our show and Love we can it. talk about changes that will happen in the next year or the next two years. I'm excited. Absolutely. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you ever so much um, for having myself here. Lovely speech for you. Yeah. And uh, let's do it again one day. So goodbye. Have a great one. Cheers, guys. All the best. Bye for now. 